Welcome back to Peace Talks. My name is Andre Tidwell here along with Alex Garrison, Marion Gillespie, and John Sullivan. And John, can you start us off with our history fact today, sir? Well, uh, I think I have five total. Um, today, October 25th, was a busy day in history. So in 1415, the English army defeated uh, the French at Agincourt, and the French had 60,000 troops. Um, to King Henry's 12,000, but the British longbows turned the tide of the battle. And actually, that is a famous story as well, because uh, later in World War I, um, supposedly during a British attack, the ghosts of Agincourt, it's like a legend that they came to the aid of the British soldiers in World War I and assisted them in turning the tide of the battle as well, you know, like a thousand years later. So that's it's kind of cool. Um uh, also, in 1760, George III of England was crowned. He was the king who we would later rebel against. Uh, in 1854, the charge of the Light Brigade occurred, which was during the Crimean War, and a brigade of British infantry charged down a narrow corridor in full view of Russian artillery, and they were just annihilated, and it's spawned uh, movies and poems ever since. And one of the most famous is obviously called the Charge of the Light Brigade. Um, then moving on to 1944, the Japanese were defeated at the Battle of Leyte Gulf, which was the largest ever sea battle. Uh, and it just destroyed the Japanese Navy for the rest of the war. Um, it led to them resulting in kamikaze attacks as the only form of true, uh, I guess, stopping the Americans. Um then, let's see, what was my last one? Oh, yeah, in 1962, um, in South Africa, Nelson Mandela was sentenced to five years in prison. I think that's just a, an interesting way to end it. All right, you have now been enlightened, people. Yeah. And Alex, you have something going on on campus this yes. weekend? Yes, so tonight on Main Lawn at 7.30 p.m., Cab will be hosting one of their... Um, movie nights on the lawn um, but tonight because Halloween's next week they'll be doing a haunted movie night so scary stories to tell in the dark will be playing there will be a popcorn bar with popcorn drinks and like candy to put in your popcorn and that's at 7 30 on the main lawn all right so if you like popcorn go to it if you don't like popcorn just like movies they'll go anyway and there'll yeah. be blankets and chairs to set up and you bring food whatever um, Bring an additional blanket. Yeah, it's it's going to be, be a, a little fun, chilly. It's going to be just a fun, um, scary movie night just to get into the vibe of Halloween. Exciting. All right. So for our discussion topic today, we're going to talk about voting. Does anybody here particularly have a thought or care about voting or are going to vote in the next election? Well, I think uh, we were discussing our registered to vote status, whether or not we're registered. And um, I am registered to vote. I think I am. Yeah. I was saying earlier, I have lived in three states in the past two years. So I'm definitely registered to vote in at least one of them. I don't know which one. <laughs> I'll figure that out. But I plan to vote. Um, I got to figure out if I'm registered and then I have to then, get like an absentee ballot. But... Yeah, I got to figure that out. I definitely yeah. vote every year, no matter who's running, just because I feel like obviously not one. Per I mean, sometimes one person can make a difference, but I just feel like it's my American duty to do so. Yeah. 
the right to vote is and there. And because, like, they fought forever ago for women to be able to vote, I might as yeah. well take advantage of it. 1920. That's, that's the year my grandmother was born. Ugh, Betty. 1920? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Nice. Betty. She's an old lady. Yep. I well, love Betty. She's always had the right to vote. Good for her. Go, Betty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I plan on voting. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say who for. I, I'm still not entirely sure yet. Uh, but... I mean, I don't know. It it is it is weird because our votes go to other people to make informed votes on, and that's just a weird process to me. It's like why can't our individual votes actually make the decision? But because it doesn't matter. <laughs> there we go. All right, Andre, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've decided not to vote in an election ever again, personally. Yep. Um, because I honestly feel like my vote really. Isn't gonna do too much, honestly. That's just me. That's how I think about it. Cause yeah. they have the electoral college, right? That's gonna yeah. do the final castings of the votes that make the president be the president. Mm-hmm. So that tells me in my brain, just looking at the elections, the past elections, that somebody is gonna pick the president. That's not the people. So yeah. my vote really doesn't matter. It's no point in me going to the podium. But your, next day. But your vote goes towards who are the delegates to vote. They still have their decision. It's just weird to me. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand how that works because I think the popular vote should win the election, right? So voters vote, and they. So you vote for, like, let's say you vote for a certain candidate. Yeah. Then a delegate is selected that is like represents a certain amount of people. And then they vote for that as like it goes up the chain. Mm-hmm. And then those go towards the electoral college, which has like a certain amount of votes for each state, depending on population. Yeah. And then that goes there. Cause like, so if you get 60% of like, say Virginia, then you get all of those electoral votes. Yeah. So which is that's, why winning a so that's a how deal. you can like go against the popular vote. And that's why like there's more state power per se and then there then there is like individual power but i think that it's like an american citizen's duty to vote so that you have a say into who your delegate is yeah. because if you don't vote and like then all of a sudden you're making all these comments about how like um all these issues that are happening in the nation and like what can we do to like make it better? And obviously policy is the way to make change nationwide. And then if you don't vote, then I just think, then why are you talking about policy if you didn't vote on the policy, the people that do make the policy? So I'm like, if like, yes, each person's like each individual citizen, their part is small, but it's still your say and how your government is run how policy is made, how change is enacted, and, like, every little bit counts. Well, and all the small little pieces come mm. together to make one big Exactly. Piece. Yeah. So even if your part is small and you don't think it makes a difference, well, if everyone thought that way, then nobody would vote. Yeah. So. And I'm going to vote. I and just, I feel like if you, yeah. then that leaves your decision up to somebody else. And if that's your totally. personal views, I feel like you should represent them. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna vote. I just, uh, I, I, the first three words of our constitution is "We the people." I feel like "We the people" should get to pick our president or 
uh, who we don't want to be our president. And I, I just, I mean, the technology exists to count each individual vote yeah, at this point. I'm not point. saying the electoral college is like the best way to do it. Yeah. But I feel like if people understood how it works more often, because I'm not going to lie, I didn't realize how the electoral college worked until I got to college. Peace, yeah. yeah Me neither. Until I came to peace. And like took a American government class and figured out how the hell that works. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I'd use them. And like took an American government class and like figured out how like our government is set up and all that. Like you kind of know, like, you know, the basics, like the three branches, Mm -hmm. checks, balances, like all those like ping words. But as far as like how like everything like works with like lobbyists. How it runs, yeah. Electoral college, how people are chosen on like the city, state, national level. I was like, oh my God, this is so complicated. There's a reason why you people are called doctors that spend your whole life. Mm -hmm. I feel like they should- On all this. Like you take government in high school. I feel like they should teach how all of that runs in high school before Mm -hmm. you're even able to vote because I feel like a lot of reason why people don't vote is because they don't really know how it's run. And like they don't know how it's run and they don't understand enough about it where they feel like they can vote. Yeah. And I feel like if they go over like how it all works instead of just going over the basics in like high school before you even are allowed to vote, then maybe they would have better, like more people voting and they would have, it would be a different outcome of how votes go across, I think. And I feel like the electoral college turns people off because of the way it's set up. Yeah. But that's not how state elections are run, no, how yeah, local elections different. are run. Oh yeah, definitely so many, vote in your local elections. There's like so many other things that you could vote on. So if like you don't choose to participate in the electoral college because you don't think that that's the way to do it, that's perfectly fine. But you also have your local and your state elections that you can Judges participate in. Judges and sheriffs are yeah. both elected officials. So if you- By, if pop, you, by popular vote. Yeah. So I mean, there's other ways that your, your one vote is counted as one. Yeah. So why not use your one vote? You know, because well, I mean, one vote can make a difference. Let's hear it, Andre. When I say that, I'm when I say that I preface that towards a presidential election. Yeah, I'm not taking parts in those because in my head, that's already done. And yeah. like I said, people for the states and elections and stuff, cool. But for me, I don't really get into the look into who's running because in my head, all of them are in together in some. St- state of fashion anyway democrat republican all mm-hmm. of them they're tied in together they just act like for the public that they're really fighting against each other when really they're not and i think that's what makes it hard for a voter is because you really have to do your research to be an informed voter and go in and, and a lot make of people don't and, and make don't a decision that you can stand behind but i don't think a lot of people know that you can only vote for what you want to vote for. You don't have to vote for every single thing on the ballot. No. Oh, yeah. You can leave things blank. Yeah. Like yeah. that is perfectly fine to leave things blank. Like if you don't care who's elected as sheriff, don't vote on it. You know, but don't, don't just, just vote for a random name because but, you yeah, feel, think you need to fill it out. That's the worst yeah. thing you can do. Yeah. I know, Although there I are had, funny names out there. So I, I mean, I like, know people who are like, oh, I voted for this person. I have no idea what they stand for, but it was on the ballot. So I voted their for them. I'm like, you don't have cool. to they, vote for it. And they just see like an R or D next to their name. And they're just like, Oh, I'm just going to identify with my yeah. party or whatever, which is fine. If you're like diehard Republican, diehard yeah. Democrat, like whatever, do your thing. But I feel like you should know why exactly they are identifying as a Democrat or as a Republican. Cause I feel like what a lot of people don't like a lot of people see two extremes between like Fox and MSNBC, like two extremes of the spectrum. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then there's like a good 60 to 70% between. that are centralist that could go either way on any poli- any given policy. And if you don't yeah. re- do the research on it, how are you supposed to yeah. know? And it's like, 
a lot of people identify with a party because they're slightly lean that way. Yeah. Not because they're fully in every single policy that like Republicans create that they are agreeing with everything. Like, no, a lot of people are centralist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and a lot of people vote for people who are strictly in their party just because yeah. they're in that party. But that the party system is ruining our government. Yeah. But I like mean, that doesn't just because they're in your party doesn't mean that you necessarily need to vote for them. Like yeah, sometimes George people, Washington warned us against the party. Some people system. In you, who are running in your party. <gasps> there's some, did. I don't know. Uh, but like, no, what I'm remember. saying, going back to the centralized, yeah, yeah. like sometimes yeah, yeah. the centralized people represent better for the party than the people who are running in your party. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, as far as like a party system goes, it's the two party system that's killing us. Yeah. It's not there the are party overall. systems. Oh, I don't freaking don't remember what country it is, but they have like a three, four, five party system where it's like each section of the spectrum where they have like a centralist party. Oh yeah, where yeah. we only have two ends of the spectrum. And it's the two where that they is have, messing us yeah. up. Is that we need more? The two are two specific. But libertarians are just like they don't. That. <laughs> but <laughs> like just ours are we two, have a two party. Ours are too specific, and they need to be more broad. I feel like. Yeah, well, I mean, the party system is what's killing our government. George Washington literally told us, stay away from identity politics and the party system because it will lead to a dark path, which it's led to. I mean, people just stand across the street from each other with cops in between them and yell because they like the guy with the red tie or the lady with the blue pin on her shirt or whatever. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me, the, the yelling that goes on, because we all want a better America, so why can't we just get along and do, make it do happen? we all want a better America or we all just want to talk about how much better do we want America to be? Well, I'm trying to, uh, like, I, I, think I would like it to be a better America. I think everyone wants to live I feel like everybody America. wants to improve our country because obviously there's problems with everything these days and everyone's picking, like but everyone has everyone's different view on what a better country is. pieces apart and everything. But I think we also need to remember that we are, United States of America, we're actually doing pretty okay. We're doing good. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, I think we're over. We have issues, but what does We've got issues. Everyone's got issues. Democrats and Republicans come together very quickly, suggest something that's going to take money out of their pockets. <laughs> and they're going to both collapse on you with a fury that you've never seen because they only care for their money at this point right now. Like political, it, when you leave the office of the president, you it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you go on tour basically like you're a band and you do uh, like, like Hillary, even though she was never elected president, she still does like uh, big Goldman Sachs meetings and stuff where she gets paid like $300,000 just to go in and give a 20 minute speech. And it's because they donated all this money to her campaign and and the Clintons do that and the Obamas and the Bushes. I mean, everyone does it. And like the last true people, like the last true human president to me was Jimmy Carter. And he still builds houses for the poor. I I mean, he's like, he's almost dead. (laughs) He's still out there swinging a hammer trying to make this country a, a better place to live for people who are, you know, not having a great time. I think that there's as generations have gone on and as we have had like more peasants or whatever, and as technology and innovation has like progressed and new media and how information gets out, I think also plays a big part in only seeing two extreme views. Like as a consumer of news and media and politics, you have to be so much more diligent about taking everything with a grain of salt and getting both sides of the story and you have to do so much as a consumer of media to get 
the objective like news that people are turned off from it because it's extra research that you have to put into your day. So much extra. From just on top of life. Like yeah. like a mom with kids and a husband and a house and a job and like chores to do and like grocery shop, putting food on the table and doing all this. Like there's so many things for one person to do that researching about news and politics takes a back burner so quickly mm-hmm. because like my mom, for example, like she works all day, every day, like Monday through Friday, like any other person comes home, like mom and dad figure out dinner for her and my dad and my brother and they figure it out together and then they sit down and she just wants to relax. She reads her books and she does that. And then she watches her news until 2 a.m. in the morning and then goes to bed and repeats everything. So she takes that extra effort to get her news. But like both me and my brother are grown up and she doesn't have like to take us to school, to pick us up from school, to take us to practice, to do all that kind of stuff. So she has extra time, but think about like a mother of like three who are all in like middle school or younger. Like they don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can have your news on in the background, but do you want your like eight year old learning about abortion rights? Like maybe not. Gun laws. Plus it's hard to find a news channel that's like just kind of down the middle, just reports the news and local news is pretty good at being unbiased for the most part. But like, uh, I I don't know, like the political news channels are definitely, they they have their leanings and you can, yeah, no, it really is. I, once again, Andre, it's cream. All, it's all about money. That's I mean, again, cream. <laughs> I mean, what really happened is that news became 24 hours. Oh, yeah. There's that not news. Everything. There's not news to report on 24 hours a day. And social so then, media. So then people started inserting their opinions to fill in that time because you can't report 24 hours a day on the same stuff. You have to like change it up to keep your viewers. So they started putting their opinions in, doing all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it turned into bias instead of just mm-hmm. reporting straight on what's happening. And that happened with uh, ESPN too. There's not sports 24 seven. So they it's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. entertainment yeah. Than sports knowledge. Yeah. I know. It's just like they, they do the same stuff over and over, but they put a different spin on it or they say they add one new little interesting fact to the story and they just keep talking about the same thing and get people all riled up. And the same thing is happens on Twitter. Uh, there's always a video of anything now that is like anything controversial that happens. Uh, it could be a drunk driver. It could be a shooting. It could be anything that happens controversial. There's a video of it now because everybody has a phone and a camera in their pocket. And, uh, and it's just, it's like they only show the clips that work to their advantage for the most part. Nobody is out there. Like here's the entire video of what exactly happened from start to finish of this day because nobody has that. They only show the clips that they want shown so that it'll get the people that they want on their side, on their side. I want these clicks, John. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the clicks. clicks, I got to put those. Oh yeah. And with Facebook in the, uh, in, and Zuck in the, um, in the hot seat right now for over inflating their video metrics, it got a lot of writers fired. A lot of writers fired because companies transitioned to video because Facebook was saying 900% more video was being viewed than actually was. It's crazy to me. The money. It's the money. That's that's why I have my views on voting. Cause yeah. Honestly, how I look at the country is people just want more money, more power, and more resources. 
It's not about uplifting the people as much as I need to get as much money and much power resources to rule. That's that's my opinion on it. Oh yeah. And whoever's gonna be the president is gonna be chosen whether I vote or not. When's it when's enough enough is what the like for some people it never is, which is why it it's like and those are the people who usually go after these positions of power and that's why we get in these these holes here because like at what point is enough enough? Enough for me is just being able to comfortably live with my family. So if you see like all this like negative stuff and this is your view on voting, like how like do you want to make change or are you just hoping other people do it? Like what's your take on that? Only way I can make change is make sure my family's okay. That seems very selfish, but that's the way I look at it because I can't control what's going on outside of well, my yeah. household. But, like, let's say, like, your future kids and your future grandkids, like, if it's if the country's still going the way it's going and no change happens, are you helping them then? If like, I'm obviously, if you have, like, your basic needs and, like, they you get an education, your, like, school provided for you, like, food, shelter, all that kind of stuff, like, all your necessities. But as far as, like, enacting like policy change and like all that kind of stuff if it stays the same or even gets worse and you're not enacting your right to vote like how do you expect things to change for future generations for your family that's just my question to make sure that i make it financially able and have a stable household in order for my kids to live comfortably because it's when I look at it, I don't look at the uh, government to actually help my kids grow and be raised up in the system of whatever I'm putting them into. I look at, all right, what can I teach my kids? What can I get more knowledge in each of these fields to make them be wealthy, not just rich, wealthy, it's for my future generations, on and on and on, mm. to help so we can be good. Because everybody outside of my household is not able to be trustworthy. That's just what I. That's how I view how I see things. So if everyone outside of your household isn't trustworthy, so you're putting your faith in them to run our country. Because let's be real, you're citizens of the United States. President Trump currently is your president. Like, fair, right? So you're with by not voting, you're just putting your trust in everyone else to make that decision, and then put yep. him in office. Well, if you're not voting, then you're not, you're not participating in government because everyone's a participant of government if you're a citizen of the United States. True. Yes. Whether, whether you're voting or not. Yeah. Whether you're voting or not. So You did say it was presidential, right? Like you just don't want to vote for the president. Would you, okay so would you vote in your state election. and local elections? When I get more informed of what's going on and what they seem like they want to do, maybe. Okay. I think our generation, like people under, I think like 40 are more tolerant than previous generations. And I think we're getting to a point where once people under 40 start really getting in power, hopefully they're going to see the world for what it is, which is something that we have to figure out how to protect. I mean, environmental is one of the worst sides of Trump's presidency so far is his environmental impact. I mean, he's just He's not exactly doing the best there, but, um, and I, I, and also that the world's population is growing at a rate that we can't really support in the future and that we're going to have to 
figure something out there and, and that's going to take you know a couple billion people coming together well that's why the opioid crisis might be happening they might be trying to kill people well yeah i mean that's a that's yes that is a conspiracy theory i <laughs> but it, it i could see i mean i could see it possible that's why there may be no cure for AIDS or cancer. It's probably that that one that one's more likely to me. The the cancer one. No cure for cancer yet. I mean I feel like the lack of trust and um the lack of hope in humanity is so freaking sad that conspiracy theories that the opioid crisis is because they're trying to kill people off for population um control. I think that's the kind of stuff where it's like, okay, everybody take a chill pill. Like the United States literally hands out opioids like candy. Yeah. And that's why we have an opioid crisis. Like, have you ever been uh, uh, prescribed any kind of opioid before? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I tore my knee in high school. I took half of one of the pills. Uh, I had a bad reaction. Like I had like 103 fever that yeah. night. I threw up a bunch and I just, yep. I threw the rest of them in the toilet and I took Advil the rest of the time. I've taken opioids, I think three separate times. They were awful. It was not fun. <laughs> like it's the fact that our healthcare system gives them out like candy Yeah, and that. Well, who do you think allows that to happen? It's the government. It all circles back to the government regulations because, on this. No, because everyone wants to make money. That's yeah. why everything happens is because everyone wants to make money they've got these little girls in skirts going into these hospitals selling drugs mm-hmm. to these doctors With that prescribe them to their patients yeah. and then all of a sudden we have an opioid crisis because they're giving them out like candy because they have all of this excess yeah but what companies pay for the government or not the government but like individual campaigns because campaigns cost a lot of money and a lot of pharmaceutical sure companies go through and are big donors to campaigns to ensure that they're kept or they're left alone by this, the next administration. I mean, let's be real. These like men and women who are good looking people in their thirties selling pharmaceutical, these pharmaceutical reps are basically glorified drug dealers. Let's be real guys. They're just legal drug dealers. That's what they are. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to like restrict opioid access and stuff, that's policy change. Yes. Everything is policy change. And policy change is made by the people that you put in office. And this all goes back to actually enacting your civil duty to vote. Mm-hmm. But I, I want more transparency. I'm not saying I'm not going to vote. I'm just saying I want more transparency out of our government at this point. Like, I would love to see who exactly donates to every campaign. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get that transparency. Well, just, you know I know, what? but I that's... I feel like that's just not realistic. Because the they're going to tell you... Because they're going to tell you it's... Um, national security. Yeah, that's that's, that's just not, the that's just not realistic. And I will say because I do live in the D.C. area, my my parents do. I fully support that you need to protect national security. I'm here for that. Yes. Homeland Security, big fan. They've done an excellent job. U.S. Marshal, big fan. FBI, big fan. CIA, big fan, because they protect our country They've and terrorism is a very real job. problem as well. And having my dad retire out of one of those agencies, I, and having a cousin that works in another one of the agencies, I know how scary the world is and how mm-hmm. dark and evil people can be and how much, how big of a target the United States is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like national security, yes, is a very real thing to be putting, to be saying like, yes, we're not releasing this information because of national security, but I feel like it's overused. Oh, that's, it is. That's where I'll draw the line is, 
Yes, Patriot that's a valid Act. excuse, but the Patriot Act was basically like, hey, some people want to do harm to the United States, so we're going to look mm. through all of your stuff. <laughs> and it was like, and the and then the counter argument to that is, well, if you don't have anything to hide, then what are you afraid of? And yes, that makes sense, but like, I still just don't really want the government looking at all my pictures and stuff. But I, I get that national security is a, a real and legitimate thing, but I don't think me knowing that Bear donated two million dollars to trump's campaign to ensure that they were going to be left alone is is like really a national security thing it just tells me exactly who owns my president but think about the bad people in the world who would do something with that information well the bad people in the world are the ones who are in charge not (laughs) all not all completely but but like still that's why it's national security because they're trying to protect it from people who could impact the government in a negative way with that information well in my opinion some of the biggest criminals are the ones in the white house mm. yes Andre, so will you vote to not put them in there well whether i vote or not they're gonna be in there because it's always gonna be another power besides mine that's gonna get them in there whether i like it or not all i'm asking for here is to know who owns the president that's what that's all i want all i'm saying is if you have an opinion on policy and policy change and changing how our government is run or who is put in place to run it and make those changes, and you have an opinion on that, then you should be voting. Or, or like, if you don't like the Electoral College, then lobbying to change it. Well, I mean, I'm only 23. I got to start sometime, but... No, but I'm just saying, like, if you have an issue with how the government is run or the policies that are being put in place or, like, basically the money business that it is then why don't you go out there and make a change and do something about it? Because I don't have an issue. That's just, I accept how it is, and it's just going to be that way. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And I just got to make sure my family's okay, and I raise them to be the best they can be in this country. So will you, for your future children, will you tell them to vote or to not to vote or make them let them make the decision or what's your stance on i'm gonna give them all the knowledge they need to make the decision that they want to make i am not gonna force them to do anything they don't want to do same thing with religion for me and my kids like that's exactly how i'm gonna treat it because i was forced to go to uh church all the time and i went to catholic school and having it shoved down your throat by a catholic school makes it a lot less likely that you actually stick with the religion so many of my friends no longer go to church and it was just because we were, we just had it every week, oh, like from uh, fourth grade on. Like he, well, kindergarten if you went to the school from kindergarten on, and uh, every class, even like math class, had something to do with Jesus. So like, a lot of people just don't want to hear anymore about it after they graduate from there. I mean, coming from a kid that went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through their senior year of high school. Um, I think a lot of schools do it right and that it sucks for the kids that went to the schools that don't. Yeah. But I think that it's a very, it's a large misconception that a lot of people leave the Catholic church who went to Catholic school because of like the way the school did. I think a lot of schools did it right. I loved my high school. My high school was great. I loved going there. The administration was amazing. All the other students were amazing. We had a great community and they made it 
a choice to choose faith. So I feel like there are a lot of communities that do that in high schools and in schools, and there are some that don't, and that really sucks for the ones that don't. Ours was like a militant school. It was ridiculous. We had a full-on uniform, uh, pant, tie. Okay, but that's a lot of private schools out of a uniform. No, I know, but then, like, I mean, like... I don't think the uniform is... They would take out a ruler and measure our hair, Bergen. I'm not kidding I when say, I tell that's, you. That's normal for a lot of pi- when like I tell you, no, but like though. I would get sent to the office. I would shave in the morning by fourth block. I would already have like a little stubble growing because like I shaved last night. I already have a little stubble growing. And uh, my fourth block teacher would send me down to the office insisting I had not shaved during my shower that morning. And they would give me a dry razor. No shaving cream wouldn't let you leave the office with the razor because that's letting a student go with a weapon. So you didn't have any water or shaving cream, and then send you back to class like with a bloody neck. But that and has that nothing happened. to do with religion. That has that's to do with school no. But they policy. made it a that's religious thing. They were like, "Well, you have to be clean shaven because it shows respect for God." Like that was literally their argument to me. <laughs> Did it make any sense? Jesus had a beard, by all accounts. Well, that's why people now they don't really believe in religion because it's say they so it's been so misconstrued and falsified. Yeah, that is that they look at it now. It's just like they've been talking to all these lies from when I'm growing up, and now I figured out that this is what it really means, and it's not really about what you say it is. So yeah. all this I've been taught is wrong, and been forced to learn because of you just wanted to promote something. For I think I'm a spiritual person at this point, but not necessarily a religious one. I still do go to church because. I, I like it's something about going to church makes me feel good inside, but uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not necessarily in agreement with a lot of the Catholic Church's teachings and thought processes and stuff. And also, there's people out there like Joel Olstein, Osteen, and uh, <laughs> like mega church owners and stuff like that who just go to the Gucci store and the Versace store and they're like, "Yeah, I need these clothes to preach to the people who don't have a dollar to spend on a loaf of bread." So. Well, I'm a Catholic. And I'm a Catholic too. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. We're both. Catholic. Oh, I yep. am as well. I am as well, and I, I, I mean, I go to church. I just, I don't know. It's just some of it I don't agree with. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with absolutely everything about the Catholic faith, but I'm a good 95 percent there. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty close to 100 when it so, comes to. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has their own feelings, so. And I was just lucky enough to go to a really good. Uh, Catholic high school. Oh, I wish I'd gone to a better one. I went to Gibbons for I my say, first year. I didn't year, go to a Catholic high school, but I did Indiana. vacation Bible school and all that type of stuff mm. all throughout. I mean, every week. Obviously, like vacation every Bible school was fun. Every like private school, Catholic school has a uniform. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I wore and one. They have rules about language. But ours was far stricter than the I traditional mean, one. Like, like every like. They would measure everything. Like oh, you, if I, your collar was off, you got detention. That kind of thing. Like oh, I went to detention for wearing crew socks instead of knee socks. Like I get it. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Measuring my skirt. Oh, I get it. But it's that's the rule. That's the rule. I feel like yeah. that's where um, sometimes our generation tries to make um, their own rules and saying, "Well, I don't want to do this." And there were a lot of kids in my high school that did the same thing. Like obviously shaving's a little bit different because it grows back in a day. That's the one that and sticks you can't with that's, me still. That's a little different. But I as far as couldn't control it. And but as far it, like, as like like whether you're wearing your tie or not, or if you're like wearing the proper dress code and stuff, as far as that goes, or length of skirt for girls and like knee socks or screw socks, so- shoes, whatever. Like if that's a rule, that's a rule. 
you're going to you're going to be at in workplaces where you don't like certain people or you don't like certain things about a company and you're going to have to work there and you're going to have to deal with it. So yeah. I feel like that's that's what that does. Well, but my biggest my other biggest issue was the school with the school was you weren't allowed to wear a jacket unless it was the one that they sold in their store, specifically that one. It was $45 and uh I, I mean, a lot of my classmates literally just couldn't afford it because, so, like, it, well, Evansville wasn't a, stuff. Like, that's that they do that at all private schools when there's dress. Code. Oh yeah, like I, I know, we had to wear. A, I would look around and people would be shivering because they couldn't afford the forty five dollars sweater that's gonna fall apart after a year. Selling cohort business to me, man. It is. It's literally business. Well, that's why I hated my school, school so much. Well, if you're already going to private school and paying a tuition, they got grants to go there. They were underfunded children. They were not able to afford the $45 jacket. And they wouldn't let me wear my letter jacket, which I tore my knee playing football for the school. And they wouldn't let me wear the letter jacket, which was a very weird thing as well. But because of the school's insurance, they paid for your the second half of your surgery with all your co-pays. So. I don't know. I don't think the school paid that, for it. That's how school insurance works. Because oh. I tore my ACL my senior year of high school. Yeah. So my insurance covered everything that it covered and then all the copays and everything. The Archdiocese of Arlington paid for. Well, that's nice. Gotta love it. Yeah. Just so if you're going to tear anything, tear we it in school. We talked about a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Either way, go vote. If you don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't don't complain that. too much if you, if you don't that's vote. That's about that. <laughs> you can have your opinion, but don't don't. And that was today on Peace Talks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Peace, peace out. out.